All right. The word that I have for you for today is is different. I was went to the prayer room like I did before, and I sat down. And I was like, "Father, I need your help. Tell me what you want me to preach." And immediately he spoke, "Be disciplined." I was like, "Wow, thank you, Father. You took all the uh, the stress and worry out of coming up with a message, you know." And it was a uh, it was a blessing, but then I was like, man, this is going to go easy. I went home what, the next day or whatever and started to sit down to write it. And man, I come up with a block. I come up sick. Uh, the devil just, just done a number on me for, for two more weeks. I didn't even feel like sitting down to even think about writing a message or a sermon. And so I had to let it go. Then, then a couple of weeks ago, it, uh, I was like, well, I'm feeling better. I'm going to sit down and try it again. And the Lord gave me scriptures. So, which I thanked him for. Then I gave them to my wife. She takes them to work and her work and she, she prints them off on me on her computer. She got a nice computer and all that stuff. I was like, well, I'm going to meditate on, uh, uh meditate on some notes for these scriptures for the next few days I want to do that then write them you know write them down and then when I get set down to write them down I become deathly ill that I couldn't even um, do anything I had to end up laying my my head on the on my coffee table on my kitchen table and just laying there and trying to get over it and uh, uh, because uh, the sickness came so quickly and so suddenly and so severe um, but then I got enough strength in me and I prayed and I had to rebuke the enemy because the Bible says he will flee, and that's exactly exactly what he done. He fleed when I when I found I felt felt like rebuking him. He he done what the word of God said. He fleed, and then I was able to do some uh, get some notes. And this message that he gave me, be disciplined, is, and the way that he had me lay it out is. Like, God, is this a message? Is this, um, is this a sermon? Is this a teaching? Is this just, um, what is this? He, and it was, it hit me in my spirit. You just get up and you say what I told you and what I gave you. I was like, that's enough for me. So, um, this is going to probably be different than anything I've done. He just gave me scriptures and, uh, I went back into all of them and, and prayed about it and looked up and studied and had a few notes on all the scriptures, which is usually how we preach, but um, it's more like in a format than I've never done before. So it's, uh, uh, I'm just, uh, I know that he gave it to me for a reason because he knew who, who was going to be here today, Brandon. And um, he knew what the, he knew what was needed to be heard. And, um, and when he uses me like that, it, it blesses me. I'm like, Father God, I, um, I always want to preach your word and pull no punches. Because see, the word of God, when you read it in the scripture, it has never ever pulled a punch. It speaks what it is. It speaks what the truth is. It speaks to our heart. It speaks to our spirit. It tells us exactly where we stand on that scripture and where we stand in our life and where we are in our spirit. The word of God does not relent in 
in letting go of us. Once he, once we, he gets his grab, his hold on us, the Holy Spirit will do his job. He will convict us. He will speak to us. He will applaud us. He will lead us. He will guide us in everything that we do in our life. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit in our life, give our lives completely over to him. But sometimes we don't do that because we can't be disciplined in our life and we have no self-control in our lives. So we have to improve on that. And that's where I'm going with this message this morning. Uh, in Titus 1.8, it says, rather be rather he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Now, this was coming from Titus when he was given the qualifications for uh, happened to be for an elder. That's not why I chose the voice for the because of the elders, but but it fits the elders and it fits the body. Uh, so this this verse is for every one of us. And um, um, the definition of self-control is the ability you have to control and motivate yourself. Stay on track and do what is right. How well can we control ourselves when situations arise? How do we handle things in life when things aren't going smooth? When things come against us, how do we act? How do we control ourselves? Are we upright and do we stand upright in Christ Jesus? Or do we let the enemy come in and take control of us during a period of time where we doesn't, where we don't see what we're doing is right or what somebody else is doing is right? A lot of times we walk away from being self-controlled and we go on our own little path and walk away from what Christ has intended for to teach us as a lesson or teach us as a learning of uh, his word or to give us strength in our life, to build us, to make us stronger and be disciplined. Be disciplined. We have to be disciplined in self-control. Uh, self-control is something we have, like I said, we have to have in our lives. So we need to remember that um we need to fall back on the word when we're starting to lose control of a situation. Anything in our lives, it can be, it can be an argument. It can be what we sit down to eat. It can be, um, we have to be self-disciplined, have control over ourselves when it comes to prayer. A lot of us, we miss a lot of time in prayer because we're not disciplined enough to, to study our Bible the way that we need. We don't, uh, take enough time to get on our knees and pray about situations and everything that's going on in our lives. Because we don't have no control. We're not disciplined in that area. So we need to work on being disciplined in every area of our spiritual life and our spiritual giftings that the Lord has given us. He's given us gifts to be used by him, through him, and for him, and for the body. But if we're not um, disciplined in those areas, sometimes we don't half-heartedly do them. We don't give our whole heart to them as we're uh, given using the gifts that, that will edify the body. Uh, sometimes we're worried more about this edifying ourselves than we are the body, and we're in error if we do that. So we have to stay uh, stay controlled, stay disciplined when it comes to prayer. Uh, when it comes to prayer, we need to pray daily. We need to pray for the needs of the church and needs of the body and things that we see going on. Uh, we need to be Johnny on the spot when it comes to to praying for somebody out in the field. Just like Randy had told me the other day, he prayed for somebody on the job and they got emotional because Randy done what the Lord 
told him to do. He prayed for the man and then the situation, which is a blessing. So sometimes we have to be disciplined in the way that we pray. Sometimes we, we, we pray um, over a serious situation with very little heart, very little meaning uh, in our prayer. It's like we pray like a child's prayer when it should be a serious getting down on our knees and crying out to the Lord over a situation. We're not disciplined enough to do that in our lives because we don't want to take the time or we don't want to get too involved in somebody else's matters uh, or whatever. We want to see them do well, but we don't give what it takes in prayer. We're not disciplined to get down on our knees. We're not disciplined to cry out to God for the people. We're not disciplined to love them the way that we should love them. If you love somebody sincerely with the love of Christ in you, you'll get down on your knees and you'll cry out to Jesus to come and take care of this situation that you're praying about. We've got to love. We have to love, love, love in the way that Jesus loves us. If, if you... Uh, if the Holy, you want the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in something, do you want Him to half-heartedly do it? Do you want Him to go turn on the TV and, and uh, watch sports for a while, then get back to you when the game gets over? No, that ain't the way we do it. We should, our spots should be immediate in anything we do serving Christ. Anytime that the Holy Spirit unctions us to do something, we do it on the spot. We don't wait for a better time or a better circumstance to come up in our lives. We have to be what we're supposed to be in Jesus. We have to be disciplined. We have to have self-control in our lives to minister to this world because this world is dying and lost. There's so many people out there that we don't know that are going to hell right now. And there's people that we're talking about in this, in this outreach that we got going here and the new campus in Evansville. We talk about wanting to see people saved, but are we doing anything yet? Are you doing anything yet? I haven't, I haven't done what I should yet, uh, uh, because I got to get better in that. I got to get more discipline. I got to have more self-control in my convictions that the Lord gives me to witness to the lost. See, I got to get better at that. I'm, I'm walking on my toes. I'll probably get up in the morning with a limp because my feet hurt too much. And if you, there might be some of you that works up the same way. You're like, man, I, why can't I walk this morning? But it'd be because the word of God stepped all over your feet. See, that's what he wants to do. That's, that is good. Like, like I said earlier, I can, I'm not going to pull any punches when it comes to, to preaching a message. I can't. I would do you a disservice if I tried to sugarcoat what the Lord gives me. I'm never, ever going to do that. I'm going to give you the word of God. I'm going to tell it to you straight up the way it is. And if you are in error, you just better get in line. That's what I got to say about it. That's where my heart is. That's what the Spirit leads me to do. Second Timothy 1.7. For the spirit of God, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You see, we got the spirit of God in us. So we, we have, we have this power, and we have this love, and we have this self-discipline, discipline inside of us. We just gotta reach in to get it. We gotta desire it in our spirits and desire it in our hearts to use everything, like I said, that the Lord has given us. We have a power inside of us that's, uh, uh that we have no idea how awesome it is, how much power we got. That's why sometimes we have hardly do something because we don't think we're, we're, we're fit or qualified to play, to pray for a person that's really sick. We say, well, it's not going to do any good. I don't have, I'm not a strong prayer warrior. You know, I, I don't have the, the perfect prayer for anybody, but when the prayer is prayed through the spirit of Christ and with the spirit of love in your life, your prayer will accomplish much. It will do what the Lord wants it to do. Hebrews twelve eleven, 
No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Yeah, it's uh, been nice growing up as a kid and never got in trouble. Never had my parents disassembly, just uh, let me run wild and do what I wanted to. Um, that's kind of the way we are sometimes as Christians. We want to have our cake and eat it too. We don't want nobody to say anything to us. We don't want the Holy Spirit to say, hey, you're not doing right. You're not doing good. We, we want that and we want the, we want the same reward for that. We want to gather, gather crowns while we're not having a discipline in our lives. Uh, we want to just uh, take somebody else's crown that is disciplined in their life that is living a holy life, trying to do their best to serve God the best they can, and they're getting crowns because they're, they're doing the work of the ministry, using the gifts that have been called, and they're gathering crowds to throw at Jesus' feet, and sometimes we think we can just hang on their coattails and we're going to get the same thing they're going to get. No, it's not going to happen. It don't happen like that. you got to get your own works or your, your merits or by yourself. I'm not, I can't go up and hand Lou in some crowns and say, here, take these and throw them at Jesus' feet. you got to earn them yourself. You know that, and I love you. Um, but uh, you know what I'm saying. It's uh, But we do have a reward when we are disciplined, like when we use discipline in our whole life, when we use discipline towards every situation in our life. We will be rewarded. We will be for, fulfilled. We should be fulfilled in what we're doing for Christ. It should be so fulfilling that we don't need to seek things outside of Christianity to fulfill us in our life. We don't need to seek uh, the perfect ball game, the perfect uh, movie, or, or whatever it is that that entertains us. We don't get. We shouldn't be able to get fulfillment from them. Our fulfillment should come within with our relationship with Christ, the one-on-one personal relationship with Christ. Forget about the petty stuff that goes on in our lives. Don't let it. Don't let it bottle you up, because see, the enemy would love more than take something so simple to destroy your life. Take you, keep you from praying for a week, keep you from going to church for several weeks or whatever. Sometimes people, they don't have enough discipline in their life to take a little bitty small hit and keep on going because they're so weak in Christ. They're so weak in prayer. They're so weak in the road, in the word of God, that they don't have nothing in them to fight with. They just give in because they're not equipped. They don't have on their armor of God like they had. Like I said one time in prayer meeting, most people's armor of God is laying over here in the closet all piled up in a heap with dust on it. We got to get it out of the closet. We can't be trying to hide in the closet and have our armor in there. We got to get our armor out of the closet and wipe it off, clean it up. We got to put it on, put it on with boldness, put it on with the love of Christ and say, I'm a soldier for Jesus Christ. I'm here to do his will. That's the way we got to live, man. We have to do that. First Corinthians 9:24. Do you know? That in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. I'm, I might be repeating myself some here because I've, I've, I've totally forgotten basically about my notes and it's just the Holy Spirit is flooding me. Uh, so, um, it is what it is, but, um, you run when you get ready to run a race, you don't sit on the couch eating sweets and stuff, uh, for six months in advance and watching TV and not practicing and not training and getting your body in shape. To run the race because you get there and you might think of all I'm feeling good and you take off from the starting line and a half mile down the road you're done. 
Because you didn't train, you wasn't, you wasn't set for the race. You wasn't qualified to be in the race. You shouldn't have even walked up to the starting line. You should have stayed on house and continued uh, eating, 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 and uh, indulging yourself and watching your sports or your soap operas. You shouldn't have been in the race to start with. But the Christian race is not easy. I'm not, it's not easy. It takes commitment. It takes prayer. It takes love. It takes, it takes relationship with Jesus and relationship with others. We have to be there for one another, love one another, build each other up, edify one another, edify Christ in our life, have a relationship with Him, be extremely strong in our life, stronger than we ever thought it could be. See, it's available to us. All we got to do is put on Christ Jesus and let Him grow in us and tell Him, Lord, I want all I can handle in my life. I want everything that you can give me, as much as I can take in its flesh. That's how close I want to be to you. I want to be so close to you that when you walk by me, that you're, uh, the shadow of you knocks me down in the spirit. And I lay there and I speak in tongues and cry out to you for two hours straight. That's where our relationship with Jesus should be. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to, I'm going to applaud the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. It's not, I am not applauding myself. Hallelujah. But it takes work takes hard work and you know what our prize is going to be at the end heaven 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 i can't wait to get there i'm ready to go right now i'm ready to go right now it's a wonderful place but but as long as the lord keeps me here on earth i want to do his will i want to live for him i want to uh gather as many crowns as i can to throw at his feet I want to help people, every person that I can help. I'm, I'm a servant of the Most High God. And to be a servant of the Most High God, I must be willing to serve. And I must serve with everything that I got. I must serve, serve with my whole heart. With everything that's in me is the way I should serve. I have to be Jesus. People looked at me and they have to see Jesus. They have to see Jesus. Because you, you, sometimes you're the church. You're like an old song. You're the only Bible that some people read. A lot of times we don't know how much that impacts a life when somebody sees you leading, uh, living for Christ and, and handling things that the way they wouldn't handle them and they don't understand how you can do what you do. And eventually they're going to be curious and want to find out more about who you are and why you can act the way you act in times of difficult situations. It's a witness. It's a good witness to live as Christ in the world, to show his love in the world, to be there for people. That's what we got to do. But but if they're watching you and they see you throw a fit in the Walmart line and they happen to be behind you, you know what that's going to do? They're going to shake their hands and say, I thought this one was different. I thought there was something to this Jesus thing. Look what you've done. Just look what you've done if you do something like that. If people see you act like that and see you acting up like some little spoiled rotten kid, they're going to turn their back on you. They're going to turn their back on Jesus. And they might end up going to hell just because that one act you committed out in public. That happens. I know it happens. Margie, it happens. First Timothy 4, 7. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales. Rather, train yourselves to be godly. Paul here, once again, he's talking about spiritual fitness. Like I talked about before, we have to be uh, spiritually fit in Christ. Romans 13, 14. 
Rather, clothe, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. I've already talked about this a little bit, but gratifying the, uh, the flesh and making it pleasing it, it leads to sin a lot of times. And sin can lead to um, chastising from the Lord. Sin could lead to us uh, falling away or slipping, slipping back on our duties as a Christian. Sin can lead others, like I just said, to, to, uh, sometimes we'll drag people with us when we sin, when we get out and sin like that. People are close to us. We can, we can drag them with us. I've seen it happen too many times. Somebody get upset. Somebody get mad. Somebody get hurt and they drag it. They drag people away with them. I'm against that. I'm against that, Randy. We cannot be like that because they have nothing to do with your sin, with your anger. They're serving Christ on their own. Don't, don't try to drag them away from who they are in Christ. That's a disservice to our brethren. First Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Like I said before, like I said, uh, be disciplined in prayer and love, and we have to we have to continue to grow in love for Christ and others. See, I I might be I might be doing that because when I come here, I love you guys, but but now then, my love is so deep for you guys that it's uh it it'd, it'd be hard to put in words. It's hard to explain how much I love you and how much I, I love Jesus in my life and. And how much I, I care for about you. I care for you. I care for things that's going on in your lives. I want to see only the best for you. I don't want to see any heartache in your lives at all. If you can, I, the love of Christ in me, I want to come. I want to fix it. I just want to fix it. But sometimes I can't fix it. Sometimes you have to fix it yourself. But you have to call up on the name of Jesus and get down yourself and pray about it and and meditate on these things and ask Jesus to come in and pull you out of the miry clay. Like I said the last time I preached that he'd he'd pull you out of the miry clay and clean you up. And uh, so we have to do that. Romans 6, 12 and 13. Therefore, do not let sin in your mortal bodies. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you will obey its evil desires. Nope. Do not offer, do not listen to this. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. I'm going to read that again. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from die, from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. Jesus said, be ye holy, for I am holy. We should desire to be like him. We should desire his holiness. But some of us don't want to be that holy because we think that all of our fun and all of our activities in our life that that aren't necessarily about him, we think we might have to put them away. That's not what he's saying. Being holy doesn't stop you from having fun. It doesn't do that. Being holy strengthens your relationship with him and and shows other people who you are in Christ. Be ye holy. You know what you know what you're doing in your life that's unholy. All you gotta do is ask the Holy Spirit to convict you, and He will. Holy Spirit, I pray right now 
anybody in this converse, in this room that's not living holy, there's things in their life that they, they shouldn't be doing, they need a conviction about, I say convict them, everyone, right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, definition for self-control. It always, it allows us to keep our mind focused on God while avoiding the temptation of desires. Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We need to pray. Lord, teach us self-control. Because we've got to have it. Guys, we've got to have self-control on our life. We've got to be disciplined in our self-control. So just ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to unction you to to talk to him and, and desire self-control in your life. Self-control sounds like kind of like discipline as a child. You don't want any discipline in your life. You don't want self-control because you're having so much fun doing what you're doing. You don't want to change anything in your life. See, giving uh, self-control over to Christ we're afraid that, that, that we can't have fun anymore. We can't think we can't do what we want to do anymore. But I tell you what, once you give yourself over, over to, uh, to Christ, your self-control, and you start seeing differences it makes in your life, how much stronger you are as a Christian and how much better you feel, how much more love is in you, it can get contagious. It gets contagious in my life when I finally Gave myself control over to God and I kept struggling instead of struggling with the flesh daily and self-control daily. And uh, so stay strong in Christ. First uh, Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seen uh, looking for someone to devour. We know that the, the enemy, he uses those weak spots in our lives, those times when we, when we don't have our self-control and we slip up like I talked about a while ago with being in the supermarket line. Uh, man, he can, he can use that. He can take you home. He can, he can talk to you like, yeah, you lost self-control. You're, you don't deserve, um, to be a Christian. God doesn't love you anymore. You might as well just get, walk away from church and never go back again because uh, the people in the church, they've already heard about what you've done outside of church and they're not, they're not going to love you. They're not going to want you anymore. They're going to turn their backs on you. So you might as well not even get back to church. That's the way the enemy works in our lives. Because he is, he is hungry to devour us. He's got an insatiable appetite when it comes to, to defying Christians, uh, their spiritual fulfillment in life. And what's no more to tear us apart, break us up as a church, and have us all walk out the door and don't come back. That's what he's all about, guys. James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I'm going to read you the um, uh, commentary from this verse and then another verse. The commentary in the Bible said, when we talk too much and listen too little, we communicate to others that we think our ideas are much more important than theirs. James advises us to reverse this process, 
Put on a mental stopwatch on your conversation and keep track of how much you talk and how much you listen. When people talk with you, do they feel that their viewpoints and their ideals have value? That's pretty strong language, isn't it? It's pretty strong. It's pretty harsh. But it's the, it's the word of God. And then uh, James 1.20 is because human anger uh, does not produce the righteousness that God desires is going back to another verse. But this verse speaks of anger that erupts when our egos are bruised. Oh, I'm hurt. My opinions are not being heard. When injustice and sin occurs, we should become angry when others are being hurt. But we should not become angry when we fail to win an argument or when we feel neglected. Selfish anger never helps anybody. Ever been there? Anybody? Luke six twenty-seven through 29. But to you who are listening, say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, Turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. It's a whole lot harder than it sounds, ain't it? But we should we should have enough strength. We should get to our point in our relationship. We should be not drinking milk at this time. We should eating be eating a steak. Be able to eat a steak that is so tough that you can't cut it with a knife, but we should be able to chew that steak and enjoy it. That's where we need our relationship to be with Christ. That's how strong a Christians we have to be in these last days to accomplish the things that we have to accomplish before Christ comes back. Okay. Okay. The little story here that one of my favorites of first Samuel 24, one through seven. After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, I think Eddie or Jason one just talked about this in the last couple of weeks. Come to think about it. Um, he told, uh, was told David is in the desert of Engedi. So Saul took 3000 able young men from all of Israel and sent out to look for David and his men in the crag, in the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there and Saul went into the relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke when you when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscious stricken for was conscious stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. The Lord's anointed or lay hand in front and lay hand on him, for he is anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and do not allow, did not allow, uh, to them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave the way he went in. What self-control. You see, he knew that he, he could not go against God's anointed. He knew better. There's consequences in it. That's my pastor back there. I love him to death, and we got his back. I tell you that right now, I got his back. Don't go up against him. Don't go up against God's anointing because I'm afraid something could happen to me if I did. I've seen it happen before where somebody has went against God and anointed and they've got very, very sick. I've seen it more than one time. 
So we have to stand behind our leaders. We have to be a leader of integrity. We have to withhold our pastor. We have to to do what he um, follow his leading and his guidance. Last scripture, First Corinthians seven five. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Uh, then come uh, together again, so that Satan will not tempt. Uh, worship team, you can come on up. Um, then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I hope that this this word has helped you. I know it's helped me preaching it. Like I said, I'm going. I'll be getting up in the morning, probably limping. Um, probably be some dirt on my shoes, or I'll stomp my own feet. Um, but what did we learn today? We we learned that we have to practice self-discipline. We have to practice self-control. There's a lot of things involved in self-discipline. Uh, you might even want to study them a little bit to see where you're at and to see what you can do to improve your life in that area because it's so important. And um, if we want things to go well, if we want... If we want this church to flourish and Evansville church to flourish, we have to learn to become um, self-disciplined in, in, the, in our uh, ministries, especially right now, and in our, in our desires for, uh, for reaching the lost and seeing people uh, um, that's got depression or anything going on in their life, the drunks, the alcoholics, uh, uh, some kind of self-inflicting person. Uh, we have to... We need to be strong so we can reach out to these people. We can't be a weak church and do what we need to do for the new new community that we're in and for this community. We haven't forgot about this community. It's still out there. It still needs us. It still needs us. We need one another. We need more another uh, one another more now than we've ever needed one another in our lives. We have to be there for one another. Love one another. Edify one another and lift each other up and pray for one another. I'm going to close with that. I'll um, we'll worship. I'm going to sit down and you can reflect on this. And if you want prayer for anything in your life, I'm willing to pray for you. And we have others that will come up and pray for you. And uh, um, I'm not going to apologize for being hard today. I can't do it uh, because I love Jesus and I love his word too much. So um, God bless you. coming out today just um, let the words that the Lord spoke today um, minister to you and uh, your family and uh, I'm praying for this church family with so much and I love you guys with all of my heart with everything that I am I love you and uh, um, and I'll close in a prayer so Father God we thank you God for the word today Lord God I thank you for your truth Father, I thank you, God, for who you are in our lives, Father Lord Jesus. And God, as we prepare to leave here, Father Lord, and and uh, be with us as we go home, Father God, as the ones that are 
believing for those who service, Father Lord. Just uh, watch over us as we get there, Father God. And Lord, just let your anointing flow, Lord, through the service today, Father Lord, over there, God. And if there be any needs in the house, Lord God, let them be met, Father Lord. If there are any singers in the house, Father Lord, we pray that the, the conviction would just, just fall upon them, Father Lord God, and they would give their life to you. So, Father, we give everything that happens, we give you praise, Father, because we love you so very much. Amen. You're dismissed.